my advice will be, and this is my logo, don't rent, buy home. So it's a dream for every immigrant to come here to have their own house. It's possible. Welcome to Better Together with Kosti Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kosti Epifonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Alma Mendez, real estate agent for the Realty Firm. Using her diverse professional background in industrial engineering, Alma began investing in various markets starting in 2015. Alma provides a safe and welcoming environment for immigrants like herself to feel comfortable in the home buying process and represented in the community. So Alma, you grew up in Mexico. What brought you to the United States? Well, thank you first for inviting me to the podcast. Absolutely. We arrived here because of my husband works in a Spanish company, so they offered here to come to Michigan first. We lived there for a year. I had my first child there, so it was really good experience. But then they asked him to come to the Upper Cumberland community. So we came here seven years ago. Nice. And you now have three kids, right? Now I have three kids, yes. What are their names? Um, Diego, Andres, and Jimena. I love it. So you guys started in Michigan and then you moved to Cookville to work for the same company. Exactly. And when we moved here, I started working as an industrial engineer for the same company as my husband worked. And a year ago, I realized that I would love to pursue my dream, which is helping the Hispanic community here. That's great. And so on that note, there's not a lot of people that are in the real estate industry in Cookville or even in the Upper Cumberland, honestly, in a lot of surrounding counties that are a bilingual real estate agent and that work with the Hispanic community. So what are the greatest barriers for immigrants and those with English as a second language? Well, the first thing will be, of course, the language and the lack of knowledge of the housing market how the housing market works in the U.S., the resident requirements, the visa restrictions, and how mortgage and loans function here. It is different in every country. Interesting. So how different is it in the United States compared to other countries? Just one of the high notes of how things are different in the United States. That might throw people off. That's true. For example, here, there are different visa requirements. Uh, not all of the lenders let people with green card, with ITIN number. Mm-hmm. So it is just kind of intimidated when you come and ask for a lender if they can give you a loan. Sure. So you have to learn the process and you have to have a real estate agent who help you through that. And, and my parents actually uh, ran into that. So we bought our first house in 1998 and we didn't get our citizenship till 2001. And we were resident aliens, I guess you could say. We had green cards and I still have my green card in my house. my side profile picture when I was five years old. So I I can totally resonate with that challenge. So on that note, how does a diverse and inclusive home buying experience help grow our community and the local economy? First, I would like to say that diversity has a value in the economy and society. Greater understanding of different cultures will require people working in workplace with diversity. This can work to break down barriers within people's workplace and reduce discrimination. In our local community, we need foreign people to come to Coolville, feel welcome to here, bring them all the tools to buy a home and 
and that will make them stay longer, invest here, even bring international companies. And of course, we have the university that we have a lot of uh, international students right, here. Right. And so diverse groups of people bring diverse groups of businesses, which would help places like tech that has various student populations that are from the Middle East, that are from countries in South America. And I think a lot of times people kind of forget that we are a country of immigrants. Exactly. We all came here at one point or another, unless you're indigenous, uh, you know, Native American. You know, and the people that come to this country and have English as a second language, and they're trying to navigate housing, you know, shelter, which is extremely important, probably the most important thing next to food and water, right? What advice do you have for people that are renting and they think they just can't afford to purchase a property of their own? My advice would be always getting second opinions. Research, visit lenders, and look for the best realtor who works with first-time buyers and they know and they have connections and they will help you in the process. My advice would be, and this is my logo, don't rent, buy home. So it's a dream for every immigrant to come here to have their own house. Right. And it's just like, it's possible. Yeah. When we came here, we lived in apartments. And as I reflect back on my childhood, I realize that I spent a lot of time living in apartments. And when my parents bought their first house, it was a game changer. You know, obviously with the way that they connected with their community, you know, you live in an apartment complex and it's not that you don't necessarily like have, you know, neighbors and stuff like that, but everybody's just kind of coming and going. But when you buy a house, it doesn't matter where you're from, you get to know your neighbors. You get to build connections with people from all various backgrounds, and it, it allows you to become more connected to your community. Your kids develop with kids around the around the neighborhood and things like that. So I think you're absolutely right. Now, obviously, you get to build value as well, whereas if you rent, you know, you're just essentially exactly. throwing money away. So I, I love that. And with that, how do you help? educate clients throughout the buying process? I explain them in our first meeting all the process and work, but I help them through the process. I explain them the loans, the inspection, appraisal, title search, closing, all, like I really work with them for months until we have the closing of the house. Now I'm starting to do videos on my Facebook page, Instagram, and just trying to help them. Nice. Talking to your clients, what are some of the questions that they have? They ask me about if they have social security or ITIN, which mm-hmm. is totally different. They always ask me like, oh, I have a neighborhood that told me that I will never get a house. At that part, I just try to help them and make them understand that they have options. Yeah. And in this country, you have options. Right. And I think more importantly, the United States, the entire economy, one of the biggest facets of it is the real estate market. You know, it underpins not just the U.S. economy, honestly, but the whole global derivatives trading economy. And so there's no reason why we would not want more people to own their own home right exactly. and contribute mm-hmm. that's great is it a good time to buy a house right now this is a good question and a lot of people it's asking this to realtors sure and um, my answer to the people who ask me and yeah. they're, they're interested in buying a house is instead of asking if this is the right time to buy i'd rather ask them is this the right time to buy for you right why are you buying it should be because you really want to own something create a home and community of yourself and your family my advice will be focus less on the purchase price and more on your monthly career including mortgage, property taxes, maintenance, homeowner insurance. A good rule is to spend no more than 30% of your budget on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you can afford and it's not be a house poor at the end of them each month. Right. Absolutely. 
how many people do you encounter that you think are buying outside of their budget? This is part of the pre-approval process. Sure. You can think that you want to buy outside of, of your budget, but when you get to a loan, you have a pre-approval process and they don't let you borrow more than 42%. How often do people not get approved for the house that they want? <sighs> Will the community that I'm working, they don't have high expectations on a house. Yeah. They just wait for getting their pre-approved and then just base their decision on the amount that they can get loans. Yeah, so they live within their means. And that's the reason that I'm asking is because, you know, we live in a society now where it's like, you know, I'm going to try to overlook leverage everything that I can. And when you go into the immigrant community, you see so many people that are trying to live within their means and they're happy to afford a $100,000 house. You know, obviously in this market, that's probably impossible, but you catch my drift. There is valuable lessons that we can learn in the immigrant community because nobody, I mean, everybody is reaching not to overextend themselves, but they're reaching for the American dream. This is funny because my broker laugh at me because 90% of my clients are conventional loans, which means they have 20%, 15% for down payment. So that means a lot. The Hispanic community is safe. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to consider if, if the average home price is $300,000, uh, which I think the last estimate, it was 358000 but let's just say in Cookville, it's 300000 That means that they're putting down $60,000 that they've saved and probably even more, you know, when you're buying more expensive homes. And so you had sales last year of how much? Well, I start last November. So far, I will be reached six millions of sales. Amazing. So just working with the Hispanic community. I have some American clients, sure. but I will say it's 80-20. Okay, great. So anybody that's listening, you know, really consider the perspective that we're putting out there that these are people who are living within their means, they're saving money, they're making good financial decisions and they're doing everything in their power to chase the American dream, which is why we're essentially all here, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. So what are some ways that you can start preparing to purchase a home and what specific things do people need to get started? The first and most important thing is the pre-approved from the lender and that will get your expectation of what you're looking and what you can afford. I always say save money, which is easy to say, but it's hard to do. Of course. Check your credit, explore all your mortgage options, and choose a real estate agent that will help you through the process. Very good. So if you could give someone, this is a very, very important question. If you could give someone one specific piece of advice about the home buying process, what would that be? Know your budget. Get a sense of what you might be able to afford and not get on the sense like right now everybody's buying. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. They're really kind of reaching, you know, and, and it's interesting because it really eerily reminds me at least about the 2006, 2007 era when, ever, when house prices were, you know, at the peak and people were refinancing and uh, granted rates were a lot higher back then, but it always, you know, everyone has kind of PTSD from those times and you hope that we're not making the same mistakes 
again. A lot of people in the United States are in much better positions than they were back then. So I don't think that we're going to have a repeat of a you know housing meltdown or something like that. But I love that you constantly emphasize staying within your budget, making sure that you're making good financial decisions and, and decisions that you know you can afford. Exactly. Well, yeah, because it's also on your budget. Just make the, um, and I think I mentioned before, like the, the good rule thumb, like it's 30% yeah. for a mortgage payment. Alma, what are the biggest mistakes that people make when they're purchasing a property and and how can someone avoid that? One would be that people is focusing on flashy things like granite countertops, mm-hmm. the stainless appliance that often has many problems like bad location, structure, bypass home that has been very well taken care in a great location, mm-hmm. but are not update. To avoid this, I always suggest to do inspections, research for location of the house. And even like an inspector will evaluate the structure, construction, mechanical system, and anything that give, give you an idea how much cost you will have to put on that house. So it's essentially location. Location, yeah. Location, <laughs> location. Location, location, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you can always change a kitchen, you know, kitchen cabinets and things like that. But, you know, if you buy nice amenities and it's in a poor location that may not see property value rise, you know, because it's not an area that's expanding and it, and it may not expand for decades, right? Um, you'd be better off being in an area that has, you know, good schools and has industries that may be moving within close proximity, things like that, right? Yes. Good. How do you find the best agent for a client's specific needs? Ah, that's a good question. You will need to find an agent that inspires you, trust, because you will spend a lot of time in communication with that agent. So you will need to feel comfortable working with that agent. Get referrals from your network, interview some of them, look at his Facebook page, Instagram page, and go with your gut. My mom's been a real estate agent since 2001 in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. She used to tell me how every time that she would get a deal together, it's not like, you know, selling a car where, you know, you got somebody that comes in and usually you can close them and they can leave with the car that day. Buying a house for a family takes months. So you are constantly balancing the various things that happen to them over the course of a, you know, multiple months period of time and you have to kind of keep them on track right so that they know what to expect um, I'm sure it's things are a lot faster now but you know back in the mid 2000s that's how it was and she used to tell me these stories about how she'd have conversations that didn't even pertain to the house it was just personal conversations about their life because you needed to make sure that they understood their next steps that they were mentally kind of in the right frame of mind to make those big deal decisions when it comes you know to buying something like a house. Do you experience those types of interactions? Yeah. And that's the most important thing. It's not just selling the home, just advise you and give you just a, a, a real advice of what your greatest investment. Yeah. Biggest decision of your life. So we always try to end the show on a high note, Alma. And given your background, you could do this in English or you could do this in Spanish. Okay. okay? <laughs> Who is one person that makes you better when you're together? Mi esposo. In English, my husband, he's my best friend, partner, and he will give me the best advice always, even if this is not what I want to hear. So yeah, that's mi esposo. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonsev. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. 
leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafonsiv is a Costa Yepafonsiv production. Writing and production by Morgan Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsiv.com. We're better together.